welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 23. I'm your host, Colleen Vigna. And I'm Zoe Billow-Springer, your co-host. This week's episode, we'll run through two of our latest blogs, marketing to mature hair and beauty clients in the digital age, and providing access to salon and spa services for clients with disabilities. We'll interview Graham Kent of FHC about how to run a successful charity event in your community. We'll talk about Zoe's latest ebook, The Salon Owner's First Steps to Online Reputation Management. And as always, we top off the show with our upcoming Forest Academy webinars. This podcast is produced every Monday morning for your enjoyment with a cup of coffee on your day off. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back. Welcome back indeed. Yeah, yeah. after a week break. So last week we took a week off because we had a bank holiday, midterm, yes. Easter, all that going on over here. Yeah, exactly. uh, actually, it was going on everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, if you start following Forrest on Instagram, uh, you would yeah. have caught us uh, uh, doing a little shout out there explaining why we were taking a day off and being lazy. <laughs> it wasn't being lazy. We were just not in. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> you, but I had a great lazy holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this week we're back with uh, quite a few things, actually, um, and we're going to talk about two of the latest blogs, so they're not necessarily just from last week or this week, but um, Marketing to Mature Hair and Beauty Clients in the Digital Age, that's one that I wrote because most times I get emails asking me how to get new clients or keep the actual clients coming back and fill empty spots, so the most common thing is to, you know, give... Uh, social media methods and techniques and this and that but there's also one uh, another opportunity that we barely ever talk about and it's targeting your older audience within your clients and um, because most people don't really know how to do that yeah I mean like any clients I've ever helped uh, with campaigns it's all been for kind of get young kids back in mm. but like this, this your audience is actually going to spend the money. Mature clients, I'm talking here, like baby boomer generation. So like from 45 to 70-ish. Um, and realistically, that portion of the population is the one are the ones who have usually the most leisure time and usually the most uh, p- bigger portion of disposable income. So basically you're saying they're retired and they've got money. Not necessarily (laughs) retired, but just like, you know, most likely be only uh, Monday to Friday in work, but then always have the weekends off. Uh, You know, like that kind of gist. And um, if you're 45, like there's a bigger chance that you don't have young kids. My mom is in uh, is close to 60 now, so, like, she has her weekends off. Like, she doesn't have to mind me, you know? I'm not going to say how old my parents are because they'll kill me. But, yeah, roughly around yeah. the same. So, like... We've all moved you know, out. It's just the younger brother and the parents so at home. So, the weekends so. are just, like, empty. You can do whatever they... Like, they can do whatever they want, so... Exactly. Yeah, so there's a few things here. Um, it's really important that, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about targeting that specific group in your client database, that uh, you don't talk to them the same way that you would talk to millennials. It's a whole different language. Yeah, and not even in just the way you write things or write message cause messages. Because, for instance, if you said, uh, if you're trying to, to market eyebrow microblading, for instance, to millennials, you could say something like, try make microblading for yourself, get those bold, fleeky brows. You're going to go for like that like Kardashian kind of feel, feel good, look great kind of vibe. Yeah, the but, real sort of fun yeah, kind of attitude. Exactly. Yeah. But... For those uh, more um, mature clients, you'll probably go for something like provides rich and filled eyebrows, filled in eyebrows, keeps your natural look, uh, but it makes you feel more confident, more beautiful in your skin, try it for yourself, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So it's more of like, it's not like the trendy kind of catch on to the trend. It's more uh, explaining what it'll help you with. Like, Well, these aren't going to be your clients who are kind of wrapped up in that whole... Uh, 
I suppose the celebrity Instagram personalities. Story, yeah. yeah, the celebrity personalities and yeah. stuff like that where it's all these new words coming out or in the dictionary. These yeah. like listen to your older cl- uh, clients kind of yeah. listen to the way they t- what they talk about experiences they have and stuff like that. Yeah, but there's a thing that says, you know, look past the age, look at the attitude and yeah. and, and it says it all like what are your clients job roles? It's it's about creating a persona basically for them. So, uh, in what industry do they work? Uh, what's a typical day for them? What are their biggest challenge? What are their concerns in terms of like skin or hair or anything that really that, depending on what you provide obviously. Um what kind of activities do they like? What kind of associations and social networks do they belong to? How do they prefer to interact? So is it by email? Do you, do they prefer calling you over the phone? Do they book online? Do they rather just pop in and say hi? It's all those different things that you have to consider and try uh, and adapt to dif- different groups. Yeah, that um, prefer, how do they prefer to be uh, engaged with or interact? That's a very important one because we've helped clients out with campaigns where they just wanted to do Facebook ads. Mm. But then when we looked deeper into it, why they, why they weren't getting results, it turns out their clients were older. They were out in kind of not busy towns, stuff like those. And their clients just don't use Facebook or stuff like yeah. that. So then we worked out, all right, well, it's actually SMS marketing because, again, emails. Now, we're not saying this is all older demographic like there are quite yeah. a few who are, who are tech savvy but we just found emails and facebook ads just wasn't really hitting them but the sms was getting straight to the phone that's where they were getting most of most of their bookings then from those baby boomer generations yeah so the, that's that's one thing and then obviously um if you're going to adapt your uh, messaging itself uh, you also want to adapt your marketing imagery and packaging well i'm being blunt here kind of being realistic but if you're going to have market to a 53 year old with a picture of a young beautiful 25 year old yeah, is, is, that, appeal. <laughs> is that realistic no because that that won't that person that client knows that they're not going to go in and walk out looking like that exactly, so be yeah. more realistic but at the same time you don't necessarily also want to have you know that uh, the typical um, grandmother kind of look like people still feel beautiful still want to feel good so you know there's there's loads of um calendars and fo- photographs that you can just have a look online and of, of people in their 40s 50s 60s that look Helen absolutely Mirren. stunning look at Helen Mirren like <laughs> that that's realistic yeah exactly yeah. so uh, go for kind of that imagery and and you know think about who you're targeting because even if you say like 45 to 70 that's still a big age bracket yeah so you might just want to target 40 to 50 with a certain type of image and then 60 to 70 maybe you'll do something more in like in person go into your community and you know uh, associate yourself with uh, a local organization or something like that yeah. where you can actually talk to them yeah and don't be worried about kind of scaring off all their clients by kind of if you feel like you're you're doing any marketing that's i suppose too mature like guys in this age they're embracing that golden era mm. they're they've gotten that far. <laughs> they're happy to be there so embrace that yeah. So realistically, like there's there's uh, seven tips on that blog. Um, I really encourage you to have a look at it. Um, but uh, the the big takeaway from this is just think about who you're talking to and adapt your messaging and imagery to that audience. Um, if we go on to the second blog now, um, so this is a, this a guest is a very article. good one, yeah. Yeah, this is a guest article by Michelle Bulger. She uh, she writes for us every month now. She's an employee and law consultant at ESA Consultants, and she was talking about 
providing access to salon and spa services for clients with disabilities. And when we say disability, it's not necessarily just, uh, you know, someone who's in a wheelchair or something. We could talk, it, could, it could also be as simple as someone who has uh, a big trouble of anxiety and stuff like that, where it's hard for them to go into the salon because they feel very overwhelmed or just anxious to be there with so many people around, you know? So the hidden disabilities, and that's what you need to be aware of. Now. Yeah, because like disability, the term disability itself covers such a broad range of issues that, and it goes from physical to mental restrictions yeah. that you can't really, like there's not many... Um, regulations for it at the moment in in the industry but uh realistically when you think about it it does that that portion of the population does cover about 18 percent of your market 18 18 yeah. yeah so it is quite massive when you think about it hmm. and you want to be able to provide um services to these people you know yeah and what's so interesting about this is when you hear disability and having to kind of cater for it people are thinking like overhauling your salon like putting ramps in pulling stuff out making bigger corridors mm. and stuff it's not like that's what's so amazing it's just little small things you can do yeah to help exactly. those clients feel more comfortable she goes you know six questions to ask yourself and i find these six questions absolutely great and ties into what you were just saying so the first one was can someone with side difficulties get into your building safely you know yeah just something like that it's simple it doesn't require much but at if you least. have steps, throw yeah. a lamp on it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Our second one, can someone with speech difficulties be assured that they'll be dealt with in a patient and respectful manner? Um, that again, customer service, you know, yeah. it's it's not and it's it's not tearing anything in your salon apart. It's just being aware and helpful. And know? all that is is like we know you've got hair dryers and stuff can be run in the background, can be noisy, but it's just taking them aside to a smaller, little quieter area and having mm. that comfortable conversation. Exactly. So they don't feel like they're being rushed or you're kind of shouting, what, what, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's exactly. just being aware they can't really hear you or they can't really speak that well. So mm. you take them over to a nice quieter area. Yeah. Uh, third question, she goes, can someone who suffers from anxiety, just exactly the, the example I was giving you earlier, uh, be accommodated by having a longer time allocated to their session so that you can go slowly and keep their anxiety at uh, at a lower you know pace? Yeah. Um, makes sense again, you know, just maybe even, she was saying, maybe even have some lavender oil uh, burning to help things along because it's just calming. And lavender oil, yeah. chamomile tea. Anything Even a quick to, head and shoulder massage, yeah. five minute one before for the treatment. Anything to make them feel more relaxed. Yeah, and because you do that, they will feel comfortable with you and they will come back to you. Yeah. You know? They'll rather have that security in their mind to come back to you than to try some some other new place and go through that entire process again, you know? And if you do become aware of a client who does have anxiety, maybe it's a good idea not to offer the coffee. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it, yeah like it just kinda because as we do, we go in, oh, yeah, I'll take a drink. But that could be something that could rile mm. that up. So just exactly. be aware. Uh, fourth question, she goes, have you ever spoken to your staff about how to engage with a customer who needs a little more time? You know, are they comfortable to do so? Uh, do any of them have any experience with people with disabilities from family, friends? Uh, would they be able to, you know, help out other staff members as to how to uh, make it a more welcoming experience for these these people? Yeah. Um, and then she goes, do you have a policy for welcoming those with a disability? So, you know, even if it's just, um, you know, a grandmother walking with like having you know a hard time walking and she has a cane or something will you will you help them go to the car and back and forth you know it's just it takes two seconds but realistically it's like it, it does that extra effort and you do that extra effort and it 
pays off in their mind at least. A kind of virus told us about that one, wasn't it? She walked the woman out to, the, to her husband who was waiting in the car. Poor husband must have been sitting there for hours. Yeah, exactly. Then, uh, she had a few words with the husband and all of a sudden they were just so happy that they yeah. kept coming back then over and over. Yeah. And that was from a, an initial first visit. Yeah, so that was, was a new client. Walking that person back to the car and saying, "Yeah, I'll book you in as soon as I go back in." Hi, how are you doing? Have taking a great day. An, yeah, taking you know. an extra ninety seconds out of your day mm. to do that, and now you've just got yourself a loyal client. Yeah, exactly. And the sixth and last question, she says, "You know, uh, would it really be too expensive to meet someone at their taxi or bus stop and bring them to the salon and walk them back out?" That's exactly what we just talked about. So you know, it it all makes sense when you think about it. It's not about you know thinking about laws and registrations. Uh, and regulations, sorry, uh, as per se, because it's kind of all over the place at the moment. There's no such thing as a like particular law, but it's, you know, make the most out of what you can. Yeah. Again, like you, we can give you all this, but you understand your clients. You're more aware of your clients' needs than we are. Mm. So take this information and tailor it to your salon. Exactly. Yeah. So in there, she also, uh, Michelle also gives you a few general guidelines Um that are according to the National Disability Authority, uh, good general guidelines to help your staff accommodate customers with disabilities. So there's six there. I really encourage you to, you know, have a look at this. Talk, start a conversation with your staff. Just talk about what you could improve yep. and and see uh, and see and go from there. You know. You could even have a debrief with your staff at the end of the day. Yeah. Have you? Were you uh, in contact with any clients that you felt we could do a little more for next time? Mm. So get everyone involved in that because, like you said earlier in the blog, you could have a staff member who has a family member or a friend who yeah. is in that same situation who will have a really good understanding of it. So talk to your team, debrief them at the end of the day or have a little warm-up meeting at the start. It's just like, it's a small thing, but like Zoe said, it's 18% of your clients, isn't it? Yeah, 18% of your market, <laughs> Of your market, yeah. yeah. So it is worth it and it'll make everybody like it'll make everybody happy in the end. Well, think about it. When's the last time you felt uncomfortable or nervous going somewhere? Mm. Now take that feeling and flip it around to every client that walks through your door. Exactly. And soon they'll see your salon as a nice, safe, comfortable place to go to. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So that rounds it up for the blogs. And I believe we are now going to have Graham from uh, FHC Hair on the phone. Yeah, so we have Graham from FHC. So every year they host the um, annual hair show. This is their 12th year gone. So what it's about is it's about getting your community involved and fundraising for a local charity. So um, every year their local charity, of, uh, their charity of choice is St. Michael's Hospice. And like I said, they've started 12 years ago and to date they've raised... £31,000. This event that they held two weeks ago raised £1,472,000 and they ran a circus team. So I suppose no better man to talk about it than himself, Graeme. Hi, Graeme. How are you doing? Hi, good morning. Uh, So, Graeme, what is is this annual event you hold every year? So it's basically a charity event. We chose a local hospice. And as far as the salon's concerned, it's a great way of raising our profile locally. It's all about getting publicity for the salon um, without doing hard marketing. Yeah. So I suppose kind of getting involved with your local community and other stores around you as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we, we use a, a local charity. We use a local dance school. Um, we involve all the clients. Um, I mean, that, for instance, that one of our clients is the photographer of the event. For the event, we have another client who does the videoing. Um, so you actually DJ is one of our clients. So it it really is pulling everybody together. 
Yeah, you're really um, getting your clients involved. Yeah, and of course it's uh, a great motivator for the staff, which is um, really what it's all about. You know, if you can get your staff uh, committed uh, and they're having fun, then it makes for a happy salon and hopefully a profitable salon. <laughs> yeah, and what do you exactly do you do on the day um, of that charity? Right, we, we use it as, um, I'll give you a, for instance, this year we chose a theme of circus. So all of our models' hairstyles, uh, and we did 25 models, were all based on a circus theme. So one of the girls picked a traditional circus, another one picked uh, the sort of side shows that you have at circus. Um, and uh, things like sea lions were created in hairstyles. We did uh, jugglers. Um, all, all that sort of thing. Fire Eaters was another one, uh, one of our themes. Present them as a catwalk. So here, here is our uh, idea of a, a fire eater. Uh, and then when we've got uh, each mod, each stylist has presented their particular group of models, um, because we're using a local dance school, the dance school can then do a dance routine, which uh, reflects what the models have uh, just shown. That's so amazing. And this is all done in your salon, is it? No, we're very lucky. We have a dance studio uh, about 200 yards away. Oh, even and better, so you get a bigger venue. Yeah, they've got two big studios. One we use as a dressing room, and the other one will seat uh, about 120 people. Um, so uh, we convert that into a theatre. So this year you uh, you went with the theme of circus and what really caught our attention was not just where you host in these events that get your clients involved, but the actual the amount of money you raised this year. Yeah. So yeah, we've we've done twelve uh, annual events now, and um, it's uh, we've got the total raised up to thirty thousand pounds. Thirty thousand pounds. That is amazing. We're, we're we're very proud of. From having um, a bit of fun, basically. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and it, it it's an ongoing event now because we can start in January talking about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm still talking to you guys uh, two weeks afterwards. Yeah. Um, we've got another probably four weeks worth of mileage out of it um, by promoting it to the clients. Um, the local paper took it up, so we've got lots of publicity there. The local radio station um, gives us support. They always give us a plug. And like that, because it's not just about you, it's about the community, everyone's going to be willing yeah. to help share it as well. So I suppose, yeah. um, in a way, yeah, kind of free marketing, nearly. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, to be honest, between you and me, it is all, from a salon owner's point of view, it is free publicity. Um, the write-up we got in the uh, local paper was two pages. Now, I couldn't afford that. That would probably have been two and a half grand just to get those that sort of coverage in the local paper. And most people would be the in the photo. same position, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they did the photographs, they sent a, a, a journalist down to cover it. Um, and then they say, yeah, this is what it's all about. We've got front page uh, on the local paper as well as um, two pages inside. So how did you how did you come up with this whole idea? 12 years ago. 12 yeah. years ago. So before we kind of go into any tips and advice, what, what made you get on board with this? Well... I think all, all businesses are looking up for a way to promote the salon. And the local hospice actually approached us and said, uh, would we be prepared to do what they called uh, a bad day event, a bad hair day event? <laughs> we said, uh, no, we don't want to be involved in bad hair. Um, but uh, off the top of my head, I said, oh, yeah, we'll do a hair show. Yeah. And um, the first one we did, I've, I've got to admit, was pretty amateurish. 
Um, well, you got to start after, somewhere. After 12 years, um, it goes in the diary every year. Um, and in fact, the first email I got from the hospice was looking forward to number 13. So that's <laughs> what the date is. It's great because you're building that relationship with others as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, it, it's all about, you know, the clients now expect it. They get involved. Um, I mean, I've got, I've got a client who comes in and just does the, the teas and coffees all day. Yeah. Uh, and she's quite happy she does that. And that's her job. And I've got another client who will sit on the desk and sell tickets for us on the night. And those clients, um, and those clients, do they come to you and say, "I want to take part of this. I want to volunteer and help you guys out"? Or oh yeah, no. I mean, initially we asked, and now um, they'd be most put out if we didn't ask them. Yeah, because <laughs> now you've made this an annual thing. It wasn't just a once-off charity here there. FHC mm. are now the annual, well, the annual hair show. Like that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we have a DJ who gives up two days. Um, he comes to the rehearsals, he sets up all his equipment, um, and because he's a client, that's that's part and parcel of his annual year. He, he, he knows mm. he's going to set two days aside for us. Um, he does it for us, we do it for the hospice, but everybody gets to feel good uh, feedback from it. Yeah. So you said when you first started, it was a kind of bit amateur Um what was the general feeling approaching this? Like, were you kind of nervous? Did it seem like a lot of work? Did, like... Did you even second oh, yeah, guess yeah. it? Like? I mean, you know, the, the things you have to do is like, right, somebody's got to do posters, somebody's got to do tickets. Um, it's not just, oh, we're a hairdresser, we can do a few models. Yeah. Um, and you you learn the hard way that, um, oh, yeah, we need some tickets, who's going to do that? <laughs> well, you either do it yourself or you, you chat up a local printer and he says, yeah, if I can put my names on, on the tickets, I'll, I'll knock out yeah. 100 tickets for you, no problem. So looking out for each other. Yeah, um, and we've now got a, a guy who's, again, another client who sponsors us, and he his, all his sponsorship goes towards covering my overheads. So anything the girls want in terms of costumes or makeup, um, I've got a fallback. So it's not coming out of the salon's takings, it's coming out of my sponsorship money. And uh, in return, he gets um, his name on our posters, name on the tickets, everything we do on Facebook. Yeah, We are sponsored by... Uh, the local uh, electrical company. So, um, like we said, it could be an overwhelming thought. Do you reckon, like, with the years going through, has it almost become a template? Like, does it get easier, or are you still always trying to think outside the box it, it, and challenge yourself? It, the mechanics get easier because we, we know where to go to get support now. Um, right. What gets harder is that you make, you make the standard of hairdressing much harder for yourself because you're always saying, right, we did that last year, we did that the year before. This year we've got to come up with something so, even better. So you're challenging um, yourself. More testing, yeah. And how do the stylists react to uh, to this kind of event? Are they are they extremely motivated? Uh, do they come up with a theme for the show? Yeah, yeah. We 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 have we have a brainstorming session, um, and it's 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 not me that has the ideas. I, I I make sure that everything that we do comes from the staff, and that way you get their commitment. If it's my idea, they'll pull faces at it. If they think it's their <laughs> idea, they'll go for it. <laughs> Make them feel like they come up with it themselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I, 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 I sit back and, and talk them through it, yeah. guide them if I think it's not going to work, but I would never say, no, you can't do that. Right. If they've got a good idea, we run with it. 
So, Graham, just before we finish up, would you have any like advice for any salon owners that were kind of, I suppose, going out and trying to do something like this even for the just, first time? Yeah, or or do you, even just like a, a general kind of event, you know, most people don't really know how to go about events. And so if you had even one tip, one thing that you would yeah. have done differently that first year, what would that be? Um, I think I would have thought it through a lot more. Um, as I say, there's a lot of things that you'd think, oh, yeah, we're hairdressers. All we've got to do is um, get a venue and it's away. But, um, you know, even selecting your models, we now work with the local dance school, as I say. Mm-hmm. But they provide the models. And these are all people who are used to walking out in front of an audience. They're used to performing. They stand properly. Yeah. They do They do what they're told. Um, and you can probably as every hairdresser knows, you can do a great head of hair and then you say to the client, would you be a model? And she says yes. And then you say, you've got to go on a catwalk. And she says, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can relate to that too well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's probably pick a popular uh, local charity as you've got. The most successful charity in your area is the one you want to promote because everybody knows about it. Yeah. Um, So it's no good... Uh, picking save the wells um, pick, pick the one that's down the road you know that everybody knows about um, get yourself a good venue and then make sure that uh, your models are all confident about performing in public so that's 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 really what I'd, I'd say is my main tips sounds spot on yeah so Graham like I said congratulations you've uh, 12 years gone you've raised 31,000 for St Michael's Hospice and this year with your uh, circus circus team you raised 1472,000 so it is possible like yeah. congratulations congratulations you really blew <laughs> yeah, it out of yeah. park like um i mean you, you get you, you do get a lot of pride from from doing it yeah um and it it makes the sounds known you know we are known in our area for that um that success and it, it brings clients in everybody knows us you know we work at it with our publicity you know Facebook and that is is endless we do it every day Um, and talking about it to clients every day in the salon everybody's got to be involved and it's shown you're giving back to the community too it's not all just take 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 like most businesses would oh without a doubt without a doubt yeah that's been absolutely fantastic and thanks for calling in Graham hope you have a uh, successful year 13 yeah Yeah, yeah, well, I'll I'll, I'll text you and uh, let you know how we're going. All right, that sounds great. All the best. Thank you. So moving on to uh, our resources section, Uh, we've now, Forrest has now released a new ebook, um, The Salon Owner's First Steps to Online Reputation Management. Surprise, surprise, after we've talked about it for so long. For months. Exactly. Now you have the chance to to download all this information yourself and keep (laughs) it for a bit of homework. Exactly. So basically in this ebook, what we go through is, uh, you know, defining online reputation and online defamation, uh, what the differences are. Uh, We throw in a few, quite a few stats in there. So on how... Um, the effects of online consumer reviews on purchasing decisions. So, for instance... You now, you have, say stats. They're done as pretty infographs. So, yes, it, it's not they're scary. Easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're easy to read. Then we go through uh, understanding the importance of monitoring those uh, those online reviews, handling how to handle negative reviews, um, setting yourself up on Google, Yelp, uh, and activating Facebook reviews. And at the end, we uh, obviously talk about our own feature, the Online Reputation Manager. And there's an invitation to um, 
get your own online reputation audit uh, of your salon. So there's an interactive questionnaire that we've created here in Forest. Uh, there's a there's a link to that um, to that questionnaire in the ebook. You can just click on that and start uh, your questionnaire and have a personalized action plan on how to boost your online reputation. Yeah, it's so much more effective than having me going through it the whole time. <laughs> because I was that interactive online <laughs> reputation audit. But um, no, it was very interesting doing those audits though because I suppose everyone takes a Google of their salon but they know what they're looking for where we had to come with the perspective of I'm looking for a salon in that area. So what pops up? What salons yeah. do I see? Um, who's rated the most popular? So it's very interesting to get a good, good look at how your salon is portrayed online. Mm. So even if you just got the ebook just to check that link out, highly recommend it. Yeah, Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as for the webinars this week, what do yeah. we have? So we've got two webinars coming up. Now, we have one that's open to everyone. It's the, um, so it's on at 10 a.m. EST time or 3 p.m. in Irish UK time. And it's the Forest Academy's Become a Client Retention Expert. So that one is with um, our head of content, Chris Brennan. Yes, Exactly. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's how to retain your clients for longer and become an expert at it. <laughs> it's amazing how you just change words around and you get a better, different explanation. <laughs> yeah. And then the second one is, again, anyone can jump on board it. It is going to be more forest salon software specific. So if you're a client of ours, I'd recommend this one. But it's how to implement an SMS marketing strategy. So we know mm-hmm. SMS, it comes at a cost. Um. The whole point of this is how to create targeted filter campaigns so you get the most return on investment for the minimum spend on SMS. Yeah. We also go through kind of the importance of SMS, so comparing it to, well, there's no comparison really, like the best, the most effective campaigns are aligning SMS and email. But um, yep, so you can access both of those webinars through the Forest Salon Software Facebook page if you go to events yep. and you'll see those uh, events guides there. So you'll have to go to the buy ticket. Now, they're free events. It's just <laughs> yeah, the way it's set just to up. register. Yeah, yeah, Facebook has to, like, that, that section is called tickets. So yes. just click on that. It's free. Just save your spot. Yeah. Click the links, uh, enter your details. You'll receive a personalized login code in your email and you use that code then to get access to the webinars when they go on. So the SMS one is tomorrow and then we don't, yeah, we've no more webinars on this week. Yeah. So uh, that pretty much wraps it all, doesn't it? Yeah. So... As always, guys, um, if you have any topics you want us to talk about on the show or if you want to leave feedback, you can go on to Podbean or iTunes. Yes. iTunes probably... iTunes, the best and the easiest, I suppose, to leave yeah. a review, feedback. Um, Let us know what you think. Yeah, exactly. We're doing the show for you. Um, <laughs> give us some, give us some, even advice. I mean, we're always giving you advice. You give us some advice, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we're absolutely, good listeners. <laughs> yeah, absolutely anything. Just get into contact and let us help tailor this show more for you. We wish you a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. Have a great week. <laughs>